All good. All good. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, here we go. Let's rock and roll. Hello, hello, podcast land, wherever you're listening today on YouTube or Spotify. We have Phantom High on the show today. I'm being joined by Peril and Phantom High has been busy as hell uh, in 2020. Obviously, this is the very beginning of 2021. We're having this conversation, um, which case you came across my desk a few weeks ago. Uh, and if it weren't for the holidays, we would have been having this chat sooner. But, you know, just how life goes. But I wanted to welcome you to the show, Peril. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Very Absolutely great to have you on. Now, one of the things I opened up with there was that you guys were absolutely just freaking busy as hell. And I know that John had sent me Black Divine. And um, one of the things I like to have, you know, for fodder for the show is more than just one track. Sometimes I will, pretty rarely. Um, but I wanted something, something more. Uh, and because I, especially, I dug what I saw, I dug what I heard. I like it. Um, I like what you guys are doing. I think there takes a lot of. Care. I'm going to use the word care to construct what it is that you guys are doing. It's not easy. Yeah, it's um, people always ask where our sound came from, and it, it's kind of unconventional. But my favorite thing about maybe the 2000s was um, when heavy bands started covering pop songs, and I always I always dug that because I love the the pop song structure and I'm actually like a huge Max Martin fan and I, I follow songwriting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool to start a band where all of the songs sound like a heavy band covered a pop song, you know, so just write the pop song and then destroy it as, <laughs> and, uh, so that's, that's kind of, our sound that's kind of where where we come from that was that was the goal going in so if it sounds poppy it's not an accident you know it, it's there's a sense of irony in there but I, I like the contrast of of ethereal hooky melody you know and then the schizophrenia of you know going back and forth with with heavy stuff mm-hmm. no I got that and I thought it was very well done <clears throat> and one of the things I wanted to chat about was how did you guys narrow in on a producer to help you guys craft this sound? Or is that something that you guys do internally? Yeah, everything. I, I not, not to be that guy, not looking for the attaboy, but, uh, I did everything. Yeah. I, I wrote and produced it. Not, not by choice, not out of some specificity or, or, you know, uh, being picky it's just we can't in this era you know there's artist development that we we don't have money to to do what we want to do as far as production and locally we hadn't found anybody that really uh you know gets it everybody kind of tries to put you in in whatever it is that they see which is cool at times but we couldn't find anybody to do what we wanted to do so um i took almost a five-year digression from guitar playing and all of that stuff. I was never a singer before 2016, never in my life. Um, and I only took the vocal spot as a muse to, you know, make the band proceed, but um, ended up being stuck with it. So 
I'm a guitarist that wants to do all things guitar, but has to <laughs> has to be a vocalist now. Um, but <laughs> I had poor to, thing, Peril, you poor thing. I had to, I had to take over five years of learning how to produce, mix, engineer, just all of the basics. And I mean, just like my vocals, it's not uh, it's not technical, um, but I managed to make it musical, and so we ended up with with what we have, you know, in the future, I'd, lo- I'd love to, to find somebody that kind of does what we do. Um, you know, there's a guy named Cherko. Uh, he originates from out West. Uh, he's in LA or Las Vegas, I think now. And he does Aussie and in this moment and five finger death punch and all of those really super, super popular acts. And, and, you know, someday we'd, we'd love to do something with somebody like him or a Rick Rubin and, but yeah, I had to do all of that because there's nobody else to do it. So here we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here we are on the Rock Metal Podcast. Well, yes. I, I saw the custom pickups, so I thought maybe behind the scenes, you know, you do oh. some guitar stuff. So yeah, always, always, um, we're we're uh, spreading it out a little bit more now as we get more acquainted as band members. So we're integrating input from the rest of the band moving forward. Um, there'll be little bits here and there more instead of just the, the, the me show. Um, because oftentimes doing the writing and recording, um, it's just me. So that's, that's who's available to, to do it. And then everybody else kind of fills in the gaps later on but now that we've got some downtime and some different things are going on i really want to try and get some of the you know a full band sound into what we do mm-hmm. well something else that you had mentioned you know uh there's you mentioned having difficulty finding people i'm just going to say in ontario uh understanding your vision and uh i said this many times i can tell when a band is from ontario they have a sound and i don't know if that's because there are a couple of bands that got really big and everybody's just trying to copy them or if there's something in the water, but I can usually tell when a band is from Ontario, there's a sound, uh, yeah. you know, and you guys aren't following that, that paradigm. No, we, we, we try not to, you know, one of the things that I noticed and speaking to that, I, I wonder if it's maybe, um, the, the music scene here is really tightly knit. You know, everybody knows everybody, and, and I wonder if that that sound is something that um, people do purposefully. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I've often noticed that as well. Uh, you can kind of tell where bands, and I guess every city maybe or, or province, state has their, has their thing. But my influence was always, you know, like Korn, Deftones, Faith No More, and different things like that. And so that's what I went after, you know, Alice in Chains, all of those things that I grew up with. Um, those were my, those were my mentors writing wise. So we tend to err on the side of that. Also, um, I'm full disclosure. I'm, I'm a dual citizen. So I've lived in the States half of my life and, and here. So I kind of toggle back and forth depending on where I feel like. So maybe that influence has played a part as well. Mm-hmm. With- Could be. Could be. 
All right. Now, go ahead and take us through, because in the beginning there, uh, before we hit record, you had mentioned that when 2020 started happening, you guys had lost some shows, lost a tour. I'm sure a lot of bands listening in right now can definitely uh, feel that. I know as a, as a podcaster, I lost a lot of backstage passes that I was really looking forward to interviews for, um, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so you guys, she said, we have to change directive. And it looks like it was to just release content like hell. There was an EP, The Conjured. Uh, that I have up here on on Spotify, uh, the Exorcist and Black Divine, which is the latest one with a stellar, stunning music video uh, to accompany it, which sounded like quite a bit of lunch money went into that as well. So, yeah, maybe take us through 2020. Uh, since we're in the beginning of 2021, I guess we have some permission to do that. But take us through what's led us up to this point here. So, going into 2020, we had built. Uh, a, a little bit of a buzz here um, in Toronto and, and circuit spreading out, um, you know, from our live performances. That's kind of our, 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 has been our momentum. You know, when, when people see us live, they're like, oh, okay, wow. That's, you know, because that was our, we were an experience, you know, live. That's what we shoot for more so than, than anything else. And um, so, yeah, we had built up, we had did the, uh, the Krampus Ball, and here at the Opera House in Toronto, which is a fairly prestigious spot to, to do. And then, you know, we were lining up our 2020, um, unbeknownst to us, what would happen. Uh, so January, uh, we did a few shows. We did a February show. Um, and I think we did the last show in Toronto, the last, like, major club show we, and they, they closed the city down a day and a half after we did that. And we played that show with uh, Sulphur from the UK mm -hmm. and a Primitive Evolution and a band called On, um, formerly Acid Test, I believe. And um, then we had a show, a uh, major show with the Birthday Massacre and Julian Kay from Julian Kay from Cali, former Orgy members. Mm -hmm. And that was going to be a, a really big show for us. And then we had a potential for a, a tour that uh, with one of those bands that um, may or may not have happened in the fall. And uh, yeah, it all went away. And we noticed that, okay, you know, we, we've, we've got all this content from our shows. We've got this buzz from our shows. That's how we're connecting with people. What now? You know, like, what are we, how, how are we going to move forward? Like we can't let, everything die, you know, all of this momentum that we've worked all through 2019 and the, the beginning of 2020 to, to, you know, get, what do we do with that? And we had been planning to spread out as well and do some target shows in the U S um, in, in small groups, you know, clusters like Midwest and uh, the Southwest and, you know, do, do little, so we we're going to buy a van and uh, we've been saving for that. And, we knew that that had gone away and that was going to be no use to us in the, in the coming year and a half at least. Um, so we, we spent it on the video and we're like, that's how we'll get into people's living rooms and how we'll put ourselves in, in front of more people. And it's, it's gone pretty well, but yeah, twice, two, three times the work for content in 2020, we, we had to dedicate ourselves full time to just generating content and, 
wow, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially to create the illusion that there's something happening when maybe there isn't. Maybe there is, but maybe there isn't. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, take us through this music video then. Did you guys do this like during lockdown, like during? We did this in September. Um and we filmed it at William F. White Film Studio. It's kind of like the Hollywood of Toronto. It's where they do a lot of movie shoots and stuff like that. A giant building. Yeah, we, we had to do the, we did the COVID laser testing going in and everything. Everybody wore masks. And it was, if you weren't on camera, you were away from everybody else and fully masked. So there was some strategy involved there in, in getting that done. Um, and minimal people. At, in different places that, you know, we would have liked to have more people. We would have liked to have had a few more scenes, but uh, due to the circumstances, we had to pretty much just operate out of that, out of that film studio. So mm-hmm. was there, did you guys go in knowing what you were going to do for a video? Because the whole thing looks, I mean, the song you guys picked the video itself, it almost works together too perfectly. Oh, thank you. Uh, we <laughs> did not. Um, because of there was some, some stuff that happened with COVID-related, uh, the director and the, uh, the, the DOP and the, and the producer, um, they couldn't get together. We didn't have a storyboard going in. It was kind of just chaos. Half organized, half unorganized, um, just due to the nature of, of the what we were operating within. Um, so we didn't have, we, we lost a scene in the video that would have lent a little bit more depth to what we were doing. Um, and we just did the best to, to make it visually attractive, uh, with, with what we had. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, the reaction that I'm getting, or at least that I'm reading on the comments on YouTube, uh, it seems like it's hit, and we have unique and bold AF. I don't know what AF means, but um, just kidding. I know what that means. Uh, sick track, slick vid, all banger. It is a banger. Uh, somebody else said sick. There's a lot of illness going on wherever this yeah. AF is. There's a lot of illness. Certainly is a lot of il- a lot of illness. Uh, let's see here. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, we have a cross between corn and slipknot. Somebody said a cross between corn and Slipknot, and I believe at least corn was mentioned uh, in the thing. And you mentioned Orgy, and the funny thing is when you mentioned, I don't know if people call them, consider them a metal band or not, I don't know, but you mentioned like early 2000s heavy bands covering pop songs, and one of the ones that was in the back of my noggin was Orgy, and I don't even know if they ever, yeah, they did. They did Blue Monday, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that shows how old I am. I was in junior high when that happened. down memory lane (laughs) (laughs) beautiful Uh, but no it looks like it's hitting and uh that's exciting so with everything being online like when you're playing a show you get feedback immediately whether you're doing something right or not or whether the crowd's getting it or not absolutely what's that been like you know hitting the keyboard from behind the scenes are you still able to get feedback yeah, it's it's um, there's a there's some of it to be honest gets lost in translation, but I think that's every band and um, yeah, it's 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 weird because 
the the video um, is really awesome, and the the people that worked on it. We had a guy named uh, Rich Rich Meisner, and uh, the DOP's name was Benji, and they worked for a company called Cut Cartel, and they do really really amazing uh, work, and we we just did the the best with what we could, you know, because of the time. Um, but yeah, I think had I have known what we were going to do with the video, I, I might have picked a different song to kind of lead the charge um, because it was a very story-based uh, song. And I, I don't know if – I can see there's a disconnect between what we did and and what I was pushing. Um, so I think the connection – that we would have got live with that people kind of get it. And it's, it's a, it's a work in progress as far as learning how to make that connection and make that impact with, without being face to face with people. It's definitely a, a learning experience, a learning curve for us that this will be our 2021 mission. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you mentioned a story behind black divine. What is that story? So black divine, I wrote, it's it's kind of all of my life I've I've had you know I've I've been kind of non-binary obviously all my life um, and there's it's some of it is connected to artistry and I was watching a documentary on ancient Egypt and they were talking about uh, sacred or divine feminine. Um, which is what the the energy that they associate with basically all of the arts. There's a lot of other things too, but anything artistic, music, art, what have you, um, they associate as a, a feminine energy. And so when I when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's really cool because maybe this is the energy that some of my artistry originates from. Uh, so. Black Divine is kind of like a dark play on on that concept. And basically what it was about was about being different and finding solace in whatever that catharsis is, whether it's music for me, whether it's art for some, whether it's fashion expression or or whatever. This is the thing, their, their kind of guardian angel energy you know, that, that sits behind them, their black divine is the thing that when you feel like giving up on life, this is where your head goes and it's the safe place that you go into or the happy place. And that's what it was about. And it's kind of abstract in the verses. It's talking about people mocking you for that. And then, but the basic concept of the song is not caring and just, just finding that solace or that catharsis in whatever that vision is that you have that keeps you going. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Yeah, it's a, it's a long-winded explanation, but... <laughs> you know, I think you did well, Peril. I think you did well. Um, yeah, feminine energy is the creation energy. That's where things come from. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. Makes, makes sense to me anyway. I mean, somebody said once, you think women aren't strong, they give birth to men. True. Yeah, I've I've heard that as well. That's a great point. Yeah. Groovy. Okay. Now you mentioned something else that I wanted to touch base on, which was a mission for 2021. 
And I just wanted you to expand on that, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're going to take what we learned with this video and what we've used for content in 2020, and we're going to make that our priority. We're going to do more videos. Um, we have plans for content. We have plans for merch. We have uh, we're just this new this new paradigm that we're in. Um, we're gonna we we've been fine tuning it, trying to figure out how we're going to proceed. Um, we did one, two. We did two live streams uh, in 2020. We're not going to do another one until we figure out how to make it uh, to put value in it. I think a lot of people are just firing off because they they feel like they need to do shows, but there's a lot of them that I see and. Without the, the live face-to-face, there's just something missing with the, the connection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, I've, I've lost interest in a lot of them and a lot of bands that I like, you know. So 2020, we're going to try and figure out how to do something that puts value in that experience. So that's something, that's our, our mission for, for 2021 is how to make the impact that we made live from behind the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tricky one. I've seen a lot of live streams, and I've seen ones that were cool. Yeah. And I've seen a lot that weren't. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of things people have tried, like drive-in tours, or I've even seen online tours where they make live streams only available <laughs> in certain countries at certain times or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's One of the things I dig about your guys' approach is – mostly what I've heard chatting with bands throughout all of 2020 is it'll be over any minute now. Yeah. This this false sense of hope. Whereas you guys said, cool, this is a paradigm shift. How do we roll with this wave? How Um, do we roll? How do we capitalize? How do we exploit that? You know, what, what's happening right now? Where's, where's, where's the good things? You know, there's, there's lots of, lots of cool things, opportunities that present themselves, you know, like, what platform have we been given in this deficit that might we might exploit? And so that's that's kind of what we're trying to figure out for 2021. Don't don't try and roll against change because it's going to happen, and you're going to expend all your energy mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, I would do a drive-in show. I mean, if Steel Panther did it, I'd do it. So yeah, boom. Okay. Now I know we had planned on chatting about a lot of stuff but we definitely filled up our time um chat about black divine music video how 2020 went uh plans for 2021 chatted about a lot of really good stuff here is there anything that i missed that you wanted to make sure that we touched base on peril no i think i think we're good you know i'm still getting the hang of the the interview things myself so uh i i this was great. Very, very interesting. I, I, I had a great time. Sweet. Well, I'm glad you did. Um, awesome. Yeah, the only other questions I have is just from a production standpoint, because you said that you did the mixing and mastering yourself? Yes. Uh, recording as well? Yes. Okay. We did, of- everything. we did everything in our apartment. We have an apartment that uh, is relatively vacant, except for us. Uh, the whole building mm-hmm. so uh, we can just crank it up and mic guitar amps and scream and 
do all those things. So uh, we have that on our side as well. Okay. Especially when you're wearing a custom pickup shirt. I was going to add those pickups on the record. Everything. That's that's all we use exclusively. And it's not just because it's an endorsement. Um, it's because they – I've been a guitar player for 20 years, and I've been through every single brand you could imagine. And these guys, not only are they Canadian, um, you know, they're, they're local here in Ontario – they they deal with like uh, Rick Emmett and I think uh, Prince's band and they, just uh, any any number of really cool people under the radar and uh, uh, I'm I'm never going back to anything else. There was easily a fifteen percent increase in our production quality and in our sound with these guys and uh, yeah, just just amazing. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Okay, I'm on their website now. I'm going to take a look into it. Uh, I myself have been playing for like 20, 25 years, uh, but I have never heard of them. But then again, I'm pretty much just kind of, I got some DiMarzios and I just kind of stuck with them for the last like 20 years. You know, just kind of one of those things, truth be told. And in my head, it was either that or EMG and I don't like EMGs. Yeah, uh, no. I- <laughs> they sound sterile to me. Like I'm in a hospital. A very political answer. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I, I- I don't use them. Yes. Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, you know, and especially in metal is kind of like, you know, you need EMG 81s. That's what you need. Like, okay, fine. Um, but no, I'm definitely going to take a look at this, especially because they're Canadian. Like I switched over to uh, Godin guitars because they're Canadian. And I was just wanting to get more involved in like the Canadian side of things. Like we have such a great landscape to produce our own drums, our own guitars, our own everything. And to be honest, I was hesitant to go with a local company. Um, I know that sounds horrible, but you just think, you know, you, you want to shoot for the top and you want to go for the big brands and they're big brands for a reason, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, and I started out just uh, being friends with them and following what they do um, for a number of years before we, we kind of connected and when I got my first set of pickups, uh, neodymium magnet, um, just incredible. And I, I can't, yeah, they, they, they blew me away. And, um, they're kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the guys from DiMarzio call Smitty at MJS to ask him questions about things like that's the, that's the stature of this guy. So, uh, yeah, I highly recommend, highly recommend checking them out. Very cool. I am doing it now. Which ones were the ones that you said that you have? I have the, I think they're called the Black Earth. Okay. I will, I will look for them and uh, we can also put a link to it in the show notes. I'll put a, a link, mjscustompickups.com. Absolutely. And they will make anything you need. Beautiful. Like, to, tail, the, to tailor it. And that's, that's the craziness of it. They listen, they actually listen to what you play and sit with it and then get back to you and, and propose, Hey, I think this frequency range, this type of pickup, this type of magnet, this type of wind. Yeah. It's insane. Wow. That's cool. That gets me excited on all different kinds of levels. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right. Well, since we have covered everything in detail and you have had a good time, that concludes my purpose in life. And uh, I just wanted to thank you for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Thanks so much, John. And uh, would love to come back. Maybe when uh, things 
enable the entire band to chip in. That would be awesome. Yeah. When you guys have some new stuff, granted, it doesn't suck. We can have you, you know, (laughs) best. (laughs) Beautiful. Thanks so much, John.